Now, there's a, there's a statement that I titled the message around. Um, a lot of times I, I, I just got another, I, I got another view and another angle on 2 Corinthians 5.17. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. I just got another, that's a classical passage, and most people know. And I just, I looked at it, and God just kind of whispered in my ear, I'm going to try to share that with you this morning. Just a little bit different angle, but it's uh, something that we all need to review once in a while and understand, could be confused about. Years ago, I don't know where this statement came from. I would love to give credit, but I have no idea who said it, but I just picked it up. If you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Now, I think I was in my 20s when that, when that landed in my brain. And I began to think about it. If there was, uh, if we were accused of being, if a guy came in, please, if chief here came into my house and said, I, we've heard accusations, you're a Christian. And, uh, and you were a private investigator. You went through my house and you went through my, and you started, you know, interviewing my neighbors. Just like what a private investigator would do. Interview your neighbors if I had committed a crime. You interviewed neighbors, interviewed people in back. And you'd see, you know, is, is that guy a Christian over there? If, if I interviewed your neighbors, what would they say? If I went into your house and looked around, went into your living room, dining room, bedrooms, bathrooms, your refrigerator, I'm talking about the outside of your refrigerator. If your outside of your refrigerator looked like my refrigerator, it was solid papers and pictures, and my wife hates that. How many here, how many women here hate having, having all those pictures and things on your refrigerator? Raise your hand. Yeah, my wife, my wife hates, hates that clutter, as she calls it. I call it memories. She refers to it more like clutter. And so our fridge died after 16 years. It died, and I knew I was in trouble because I had to get rid of all that stuff to get a new fridge. And she had that in a pile, all that clutter, which was precious memories, old owl. Come in here. Um, and so they never got back on the fridge. That's a mystery to me how they never got back on there. But I am the man in my house, just like you. I thought long and hard about that statement, though. It convicted me. The Holy Spirit started talking to me. Uh, after I gave my heart to Christ at 18 years old, I began to tell other people about Jesus. It makes sense, right? I began to tell other people about Jesus, began to speak about Jesus. I began to ask them if they knew Jesus. Began to ask, finally learned what the thing called evangelism explosion, EE they call it. Started asking the question, if you died and stood before God and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would be your answer? That's a great question. They call it the two question. 
and uh, you asked two questions, and, and, and people would say, I don't know. I, they would say, well, I hope I'm good enough. And immediately, you know, you knew that they did not understand what Bible salvation was about. Anytime anybody starts justifying themselves by good things you've done, it is an immediate indication that you don't understand what the Bible talks about when it talks about salvation. Because the Bible, when it talks about salvation, which I'm going to speak a little bit here this morning, will undo that. So a lot of their answers on those questions just simply did not jive. Um, they would say they were Christian, but their lives and what they were doing, what they were saying, where they were going, who they were with, who they liked to be with. That's the key right there, who they want to be with. Just didn't jive with what they said. And I realized, let me make a few statements. I realized that salvation is absolutely by grace without the works of the law or without good works. That's according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. I realize that no one is justified except by the absolute mercy and grace, unmerited favor of God, according to Titus chapter 3, verse 5, and so many other verses. But I also realize that real salva salvation, Bible, real salvation, produces real change. Uh, which results in real works based in real holiness. Okay, that has to be. To say that a, a person that claims to be a Christian, to say that they have basically been unchanged by God, the Holy Spirit, by God dwelling within them, is ludicrous. If God is who the Bible says He is, and He is, and He comes in you to dwell permanently as He said He would, know you not your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Two times in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6, it says that God dwells in you. Don't you know that? He's telling the Corinthians because they're carnal. The Corinthians are confusing people because they say they're Christian, but they're living like the world. It's confusing. And Paul and 1 Corinthians deals with that. Here's some of the problems, why that is. And that's why he in that book you'll find that. And so there, 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 there's this crazy thing, of, and you've seen this, people who say they're Christian, but their, their lives, the evidence doesn't jive with the testimony. You know, they say they're Christian, but their life doesn't jive with it. There's something wrong. It's the, it's, and, it's, and it's based around the understanding of what the Bible means by holiness. I'm reading a book called The Pursuit of Holiness by uh, a guy by the name of Jerry Bridges. Um, it has sold 1.5 million copies. Now, anytime a book sells a million copies, it's a big deal. 1.5 million copies is a big deal. So it's on its 35th or 36th printing. At page 25 on that book, it says, here's a quote that, that really got my attention. He says, the only safe evidence that we are in Christ is a holy life. It's not some warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not some emotion that comes over you. It's not some experience you may have had. If you have received real Bible salvation, there should be holiness in your life. There should be something different. Interesting, the only safe evidence, he says, that we are in Christ is a holy life. Now, the definition, let me give you some definitions. The word holiness, 
is can be defined, and I'm going to define it in my own words, it's God's righteousness. The word holiness is not something we use a lot in our vocabulary, holy, holiness. But God's holiness is God's righteousness. It's his value system. It's his thought pattern. It's his, it's his virtue. It's who he is. You're not cutting a piece off. It's who God is. He is holy. He is righteous. All of his thoughts, all of his virtues um, are righteous. His whole value system. Again, Jerry Bridges on page 10 says, God's holiness then is perfect freedom from all evil. In the study of Christ in theology, they, they often refer to Christ as impeccable. We've got two preachers. Thanks for sitting close to each other. That way I can look over there and get both at the same time. It's impeccable. Impeccable means not able to sin. If Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, and the Bible says he was, then he did not have the, ability, the capability of committing sin because God cannot sin. Now, he was tempted like as we are yet without sin. He was tempted uh, as the devil tempted him. The devil tempted Jesus. How good did he do? God's holiness is a perfect freedom from all evil. Just like we say a garment is clean if it's free from spots and stains. Just like we say gold is 99.9 pure if it's free from all the impurities or dross. God's ultimate holiness is the absolute absence from any evil. Did you know that's God's goal for you? That's God's goal for me. We got a long way to go, don't we? But that's God's goal for us, is to make us like himself. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. You will not be able to, I'm going to go to quite a few biblical ver, verses in the Bible. You'll not be able to follow me, so just listen to them. 1 John 1, 5 says, Then this is the message which we've heard from him declaring to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in God. What is darkness? The absence of light. Does it make sense it's going to be light in heaven? Does it make sense the New Jerusalem's uh, it's uh, illuminated by Jesus because God is light? It makes sense that each one of us, as a gift from heaven, because we are the sons of God in Christ, those who have been born again, that we are going to have certain illumination also, that we'll be like God and have light. That's going to be amazing, eh? God has not called us in the Bible to be, like, to be like those around us. He's called us to be like himself. But what do Christians want to do? They want to be, it seems like they want to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, especially younger Christians. And, and, and that is diametrically opposed to who God is. The, the Bible calls, there are two forces in the world, light and darkness. The world's in darkness. The whole world lieth in, in darkness and evil. And God is light. And where, where God comes in, darkness goes away because we just said darkness is the absence of light. Where God comes, 
uh, darkness flees, right? Just like when you turn the light on, the roaches scatter. How do I know that? I live in Florida. Holiness is free. God has, God has desirous of us to be free from the power and the putrefaction. I like that word. Of sin. He doesn't want that in us to ruin us. He is trying to help us as Christians when he encourages us to be sanctified. Big word means to be set apart from evil, from darkness, and to be set to light. It has a double meaning. In other words, you go to the light, it reduces the darkness. You go towards the darkness, it reduces the light. So as a Christian, you're either going towards the darkness or towards the light. God has a process that he's working out in every one of his children, real born-again children, of getting rid of the power and the putrefaction of sin in their lives. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 is, is maybe the foundational principle of what I'm talking about. It says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. We are to be like God because we're his children. We've been birthed from above. We've been washed in the blood of Christ. We've been cleansed by his mercy and his grace. By faith, our name has been placed in the Lamb's book of life. We've been given a place in heaven. He's preparing a place for us even at this moment, born-again believer. It just would make sense to me in every way that we would become or be in, on the process of becoming like him. Romans chapter 6 speaks a lot about this. Romans chapter 6 is a chapter you should need to be real familiar with. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You'd think that some Christians believe that somehow they're going to glorify God by, by continuing in their old life. Paul dealt with that way back there, first century. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid, no, no, never. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Skipping down to verse 11, he says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And here's the clincher in verse 14 of chapter 6 of Romans. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. That's for you and me, Christian. That's New Testament, right? This holiness that God wants for you and for me comes in two parts. First of all, it comes in what theology calls a positional holiness. Positional holiness. Our position is in Christ is declared, not demonstrated. I cannot demonstrate my position in Christ. I can only accept it. I am the head of my house. I don't have very many... I don't have very many people in my house. I only got one other one. It's just me and her, and I'm the head of her. 
but I can go around beating my chest. I'm the head of my house. I'm the king of my castle. There's just one other subject. How did I get that headship? Did I earn it? Some would say no. Do I deserve it? Some would say no. But God said that I'm the head of the house. It's declared. It's just declared. It's been given to me as a, as a male child when I marry. I don't, I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. There's got to be a captain of a ship. Somebody's got to be the captain. And God says, man, you, you out there, you're going to be the captain as you marry and have children. You're going to be the captain of your house, good, bad, or ugly. And it is ugly sometimes. And we have been sanctified. We have been declared holy in Christ. Not demonstratedly, but by de declaration. How? Let me prove it to you. Acts chapter 13, verse 39. And by him, that's Jesus, all that believe are justified from all things. Man, this is a great verse. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 39. You're justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, me believing that I'm a sinner unable to save myself, that there, I could not save myself by any amount of good works. That Jesus came, he died, he paid the price, and him alone is salvation. And I simply declare to him, I'm a sinner unable to save myself. Please save me. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe who you are, what you, what you said you were. Please. And by the faith, it says, but as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God. Romans 3.23 says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. I can't tell you how many times I'm going to say nine out of ten houses that I stop in and say, if you died, you'd go to heaven. And they say, yes. And I say, why would you go to heaven? They start listing good works for me. You know, I, I try to keep Ten Commandments. I've never murdered anybody. I haven't done, And they come up with all this list of good works. You know right at the beginning of that that they're not saved. Or if they're saved, they're brand new saved and haven't studied the Bible. Brother, you're not saved. You're not a Christian and not going to heaven because you did some good things. The problem with that is you can never undo the bad things. You say, I'm going to start doing good from today forward. Well, yeah, but what about all that bad stuff? Only the blood of Jesus Christ that, that paid for those sins on the cross can cleanse you from all iniquity and sin. That's it. And so. We absolutely rely on positional, positional sanctification, positional holiness by our faith in Jesus Christ's work on the old rugged cross when he shed his blood. And by the way, the third day was resurrected from the dead. I like Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is what? His faith is counted for righteousness. Not his work, not his, not his production, not his zeal. His faith is counted for righteousness. So we have the, our position in Christ is declared, not demonstrated. Now let me change that statement to teach you the other half of holiness. That's one half of holiness. The other half of holiness is this. It's our practice. It's our practical life lived out on this old world as a Christian. Our practice in Christ is demonstrated 
not declared. Galatians chapter 2 verse 17 says, But while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God, there's that word, God forbid. No, no, never. What he was running into is the there was people in, in the church in the Galatian churches that were saying they were born again, living out in the world as they used to live. He says something's real wrong about that. James chapter two. Take your Bible if you would, and if you got your Bible, James chapter two, verse twenty through twenty-four. A passage that is can be very confusing if you don't understand the big picture. He says. In verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was made was faith made complete or perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And here's the big, big one in verse 24. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. That sounds, it seems like that contradicts some other things you first read, Pastor Bill. Are you confused yet? Don't be because it makes perfect sense. If you have biblical faith in Christ and have been declared righteous by God, and the Holy Spirit of God comes into you and dwells in you, as we know the Bible says it does, forever. It only makes perfect sense that your life will show it. Your life will show it. Abraham believed God and was declared justified. And his works, which was the sacrificing of Isaac by faith, just simply backed up what he said, right? If I tell you I'm an honest man, then I should be honest. If I told you I was an honest man and stole, what would you think? Hypocrite, crazy. Abraham was a born again, was really, really saved by faith. And his life simply proved it. And what God's basically te teaching us in the book of James, he's not teaching you that you're, 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 you're declared righteous by works. You're declared righteous by faith in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. But once you have had that happen, your life would then, if that's real, your life will declare that and manifest that by your works. Those two things will line up. First John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the Son of God, sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And by the way, we scare the world. We scare them to death. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Doggies. But here's a key verse, verse 3. Every man that hath this hope in him, not around him, not on him, in him, purifies himself. Does what? Purifies himself. Even as he is pure. 
2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 seems to say the same thing when it says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That is God's righteous thinking, God's righteous values. I begin to think like God thinks. I begin to want to do what God does. I begin to have all the, the system of right and wrong and, and, and actions begin to conform more and more in Christ. So it makes sense when a Christian grows, and that's my third point, I don't want to get ahead of myself, is you become more and more like God and less and less like the world, right? I think this is the key to understanding the effect of the Holy Spirit in a believer. See, I see these, these churches today, some of these mega churches doing something that's just anabiblical. It doesn't make any sense. They bring the world and its wickedness into their services. They paint the room black. They bring lights and fog and all the things that you would find in a wicked, vile, devil-inspired rock concert. And you call it light. I came out of rock and roll. I got saved out of the Beatles. I got saved out of the Rolling Stones. I got saved out of Jimi Hendrix. I got saved out of Led Zeppelin. I got saved from that old group of people that were doing the very same thing they're doing in churches today and calling it from God. Something don't jihaw for you southern folks. Something just don't jihaw. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. If you have the Spirit of Christ in you, he's going to do what? He's going to make you like God. What's that going to do? It's going to take you away from darkness to the light. Ask you, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. What direction are you headed? Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, which is synonymous with being the children of light. I'm throwing a lot of ribeye out there to you this morning. We're children of light. That gives us confidence. That is a witness. That is a testimony. That is a val val validation. That is a certification. That is real salvation with real evidence. Holiness, he says, remember going back to our uh, Jerry uh, quote. Holiness is the only real validation of your salvation. I can tell you I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, but if I live like the world and think like the world and have the value system of the world, if I tell you, Brother Nick, hey, you don't have to pay your taxes, man. Try to get out of that as much as possible. That's the darkness. That's the world. But if I tell you, Nick, God sees every little thing. You better pay every dime and even the tips you get, you ought to pay taxes on. Uh, that's light. Got quiet in here. You're hoping for tax reform before all that happens. The 
So salvation, so sanctification, so holiness is declared. And if it's real, it's demonstrated. And thirdly, it's a process. The Bible says it's, a, it's compared to growth. Now, we're familiar with growth. We are. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know about growth. We see growth everywhere. 1 Peter 2, 1-3 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and all envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So it's a growth. Holiness is being like God positionally. It's being like God practically. It's being like God in a process that is called growth. It is the only safe evidence that we are in Christ Jesus. Now let me ask you some questions. In your mind, don't answer, raise your hand. How long ago since how long ago since you made a profession of faith? You asked Jesus, you repented of your sin in your spirit, and you asked Jesus to save you. Now don't each of you have a different date. Hopefully there's a time in your life where you say, I realized I was a sinner, unable to save myself. Somebody talked to me about Jesus dying on the cross, representing all of mankind, just like Adam represented all of mankind to death, Jesus Christ represented all of mankind, whosoever believed to life. So Christ satisfied the very justice of God that all my sin deserved. Every evil thing I ever thought or ever did or ever would do, Jesus Christ represented that on the cross. He paid for that. It was, it was uh, satisfied to God the Father, the judge of all that is. In fact, it was sealed by the fact that the third day he was resurrected from the dead. Of all those people out there who said, we're the Messiah, we're the Messiah, we're the one, we're the way of salvation, only one has been resurrected, and that's Jesus Christ. That's because he's the one. And if you're going to get to heaven, you're going to go, through him. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Those are Jesus' words. No matter what Bernie Sanders may say. So what, since that day, what direction are you going? Has your life changed? Now you say, well, Brother Bill, maybe I was saved young. Okay. Has your value system changed? Has your thought processes, are they changing? Have your daily habits changed? You don't listen to you old folks. You're not putting on uh, Mick Jagger anymore. I went to a guy's home visiting. I've told this a couple of times because I'm still stunned. I went to this old boy's home to visit church a while, and he, I, I went to his home visiting him, and he, he said to me after we talked for 15, 20 minutes, I got something I'd like to show you. And I said, okay, what do you got? And he took me into a room, and it was a shrine. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Some people have a room, and it's a shrine room. I went to one house that Tom Gillespie asked me to go over to, and it was a shrine room for Dale Earnhardt, I think it was. The guy was asking if he could, if we could pay for his electric bill. And I said, well, sell some of these things. You pay your own electric bill. Sell some of them. 
you can tell you were talking about his God. And 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 this guy he took me over to his room, and he, as I walked in the room, I heard. Nah, 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 nah. I didn't. I didn't. But I mean, you almost felt like that was, and it was a shrine to the Rolling Stones. I mean, he had every memorabilia of 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 all of what they've done, their songs. Their, you know, they, he says, man, I got this first 45 they did of I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I got this of, of Ruby Tuesday, and I got this of this, and I got that. And he was showing me, he said, I got every album. I got the covers. And I, I hated to tell him. But I said, now that you've been saved, you might as well just get rid of all that. Because that's the old life. That's the old world. That's the darkness you're leaving. You don't need no Mick Jagger anymore. You need amazing grace. How sweet's a sound to save the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And he looked at me like, he looked at me like his heart just got cut out and thrown on the floor. You you, you, you you telling me I need to get rid of Mick Jagger? Yeah, you need to get rid of Mick Jagger. And by the way, I saw by your by your DVD player, your uh, your at that time VCR player, uh, them porn tapes you got there, those got to go too. Not my cyber girlfriend. Yes, your cyber girlfriend's got to go bye bye. It almost like he had no life left. And that's right. If you're truly born from heaven, brother, you have died to this world. Last time I checked, when you touch a dead man, he don't respond. Last time I checked, and I've touched a lot of dead men. When you touch a dead person, they have no reaction. And the Bible says we're dead indeed unto sin. When the old devil comes by and offers his junk, it's junk. It's trash. It's darkness. Where are you going? What direction are you going in, folks? Because God wants you to come if you're born from above. You say, well, Brother Bill, can you tell whether somebody's saved or somebody's not saved? I can't conclusively, finally tell you whether somebody's saved or somebody's not. God's not given us that judgment. He's reserved that judgment for himself. Why? Because only God can really see the heart. And it's possible that I would see somebody in a temporarily backslidden condition that would make me think they were lost, but maybe they were just in a position like Jonah when he was in the belly of the whale. If you would have shown me Jonah in the belly of the whale, I'd say, that boy's gone. It's over. But I, when I saw him post-puke, He'd have been better off post-puke, brother. When the, old, when the old whale or giant fish puked him up on the beach and he was probably bleached out white as a sheet and he walked in, I don't know what, but whatever he had, he had something about him, brother. He was the only Baptist I ever know preach an eight-word sermon and the whole city got revived. Which way are you going? That's possible I could see him in that 
you know, pre get right with God. And I say, I don't think you're saved. I went by, I was going by 041 down on Fowler Street. I was going Fowler Street one day, and uh, Foxy Ladies is on the uh, west side of the road there. I know none of you will know that location. That's a strip joint. And I was going by, and for some reason, I looked to my right. And I saw one of the deacons out of this church. I was going to another church. In fact, before I came to this church, I was going to Community Baptist Church. It's one of those deacons. I saw a deacon walk out of the door. What do you think the timing was on that? I thought maybe that was divine. And so I called him up. I didn't call the preacher up like some of you do. I called him up. The Bible says go directly to the person. I didn't call anybody up, didn't call his wife up, didn't call his anybody up. I just called him up and I said, if I said the name, you'd know who he was. I'm not going to do it. I'd say, what exactly were you doing coming out of Foxy Ladies about 1230 in the afternoon? He goes, preacher, I'm shocked. I'm backslidden. Well, I think the boy was saved. I think it was pre-puke. I think, he was, I think he was saved. He got right with God. and he, he. I'm not saying that you never fall back into that. Old, sometimes you get stupid, maybe jump back. But brother, you can't stay back there anymore if you're born again. I'll challenge anybody to tell me they can go back into the darkness and they can go back into the world and they can be happy as they used to be. Once you get saved, brother, you've been branded by God Almighty and you're never going to fit in with that crowd again. That that That... Beer's never going to taste as good as it did. That alcohol's never going to be like it used to be. Those cigars and Swisher Sweets are never going to smoke like they used to smoke. That dope will never be like it used to be. And none of that wicked immorality will ever be like it used to be because you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And as soon as you do that, you're going to have some very tense moments. Thank the Lord he don't let us go. I'm glad he keeps a hold of Thank God he makes you miserable when you sin. You lust on that old girl and you go, oh, that was wrong. That tells me you're growing in the Lord. You're sanctified. The Spirit of God in you did something. Otherwise, you look at them old things and go, oh, that was good. And one thing a thing about it like you used to before you got saved. I hope as a born-again believer, you understand a little bit better about holiness than you used to. And it's newborn babe that you'll desire the milk of the word and you grow thereby. Now, you people that aren't reading the Bible, I feel bad for you because the way God talks to you is through the Bible. 95% of what you need to know from God is right in this book. He said, read it. I have people dying in the Christian faith. They're dying in the Christian faith. They're, they're failing in the Christian faith. And, and, and almost every time you're reading your Bible, they got 50, 50 ways. To not read the Bible. I think I might write a song on that. 50 ways to not read the Bible. 50 ways not to read this book. Quit making excuses for yourself. Smack yourself. And say, I'm going to read the Bible or I'm going to quit eating. We first got married. Remember, I'm the captain. of the. I don't have any much crew, but I got one. And I told my crew member, 
I said, we are going to read the Bible. I'm, eight, I'm 19 years old. She's 18 years old. She's, she was raised a Catholic, didn't read the Bible. It was not meant for people to read. You were supposed to listen to the priest, whatever they told you to do it. And, and I said, we're going to read the Bible. And she goes, uh, really? I knew I wasn't strong. I knew I wasn't strong. And I said, I'll tell you what, we're not going to bed until we read the Bible. You need to do that. Or you can say we're not going to eat. There's two things you're going to do. Sleep and eat. And I said, we're not going to go to bed if we don't read the man. There's sometimes I came home, I was so dog tired. And I say to her, you need to read tonight because uh, we'd read out loud. I'd read to her, she'd read to me, and we'd switch back and forth. We tried everything. And I'm telling you what, sometimes I'll be honest with you, I was, you know, but I am... <laughs> A simple commitment like that makes a difference between night and day. Because that is where God himself is going to tell you and help you and encourage you. And until you get it, there's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. Until you read this book on a regular basis, steady basis, put this in your heart, you're going to struggle and struggle and fail. And I hope, I hope you don't lose your marriage. You very well may lose your marriage to figure it out. It's a high price to pay. I hope you don't have to get spanked so hard. But I'll tell you one thing. God ain't going to quit on you. If you're born from above, he's going to keep at you. Because he wants you to think like he thinks. He wants you to have the value system he has. He wants you to be light like he is. And have no darkness in you. Father, help us. Help us today to see it. May you come and whisper to us. I know my words will go upon deaf ears unless you come. I, I can't convince anybody to do anything. But I know the Holy Spirit can convince a person to give his life for it. Father, may the Holy Spirit do the whispering, do the talking. May we be may we may gospel Baptists. If we don't have anything, we got holiness. Holiness. Without which, the Bible says, no man shall see the Lord. Because if you're really born from above, you will have holiness. You have to have it. Because you have to be like God. He says, don't be like those around you. Be like me. Be holy. Why? For I am holy. It's who I am. Not what I am. It's who I am. Don't be like those around you. Don't, don't be like the world. Don't, don't be influenced by the wicked vibrations and the wicked TV shows and all the junk. Just be, be, like, be like Jesus. Read your Bible. Pray. Ask God to help you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website. Or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.